0: The podcast,
1: the naked truth about women,
0: her mind, her body, her life. It's all about her. Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek and welcome to episode 248 of HER, the podcast where you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today her resilience in the face of the global pandemic of covid Oh man, we got a terrific show coming up and before we begin, just know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at Smarty Pants Women's Vitamins, the delicious once-a-day gummies that contain all of the essential vitamins, minerals, and omega oils customized just for women. To learn more, hop on over to SmartyPantsVitamins.com. And here's your first official reminder to click on iTunes after this episode to rate and review the show because we love hearing from you. Your feedback is what we live for. All right, that was a little hyperbolic, but it works. I kind of like it. All right, it's time for her. Uh, So you ask somebody, hey, how are you doing today? And then they think for a minute. How do you answer that question in the middle of a global pandemic of a virus that nobody thoroughly understands yet? Do you say, hey, I'm doing just great? Relative to what? Um, it's, It's a strange world we live in today. How are we navigating these uncertain waters where really, honestly, anxiety and angst and panic kind of abound. Everywhere, and we as women, here we are on the Herb podcast, scratching our little collective female heads, saying, How in heaven's name do you manage through all of this? Well, how about we talk to an expert about resilience and stress management? How about Dr. Jennifer Wegman, who's a lecturer in health and wellness studies at Binghamton. University, and that's the Decker School of Nursing. And she put out a really cool, which I downloaded immediately, audio series called Resilience, How to Master Stress, Reduce Anxiety, and Live Well. Jennifer, welcome to the Her Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, you know, we're excited to hear from you because listen, I mean, we have nothing but a bunch of anxious people out there listening. And our little Her podcast community, okay, and our very large one, you know, they're scratching their heads saying, how do you wake up in the morning knowing you have uncertainty about your health, you have uncertainty about uh, the economic times, your financial um, well-being, your uncertainty about how you even take care of yourself as you're binge watching Netflix all night long, trying to anesthetize yourself with your two, uh, best friends, Ben and Jerry, you know, they, they seem to show up a lot, uh, these days. How do you start to even touch all of this? So dive right into it and, and tell us how you would help us think this through. Well,
1: I think with, it's really important to understand that there's nothing that I am going to say over the course of this podcast that's magically going to make people's stress go away. The reality is, is that we're in the midst of a pandemic. uh, We're in the midst of a crisis. And like you said earlier, our lives have changed and probably changed forever. There is no magic word, no magic pill that's going to make any of that disappear, But what we can do is we can make choices about how we react to the things that are happening in our life that can help reveal. And I say reveal our resilience because the fact is, is we all have the capability to be resilient. And the things that we do, the choices that we make, our actions are all going to be things that are going to help us reveal the capability that we already have. So if you, if people are hoping that they're going to walk away somehow feeling less stressful, I, I want to like put that out straight away, that that is not going to happen. But we certainly can talk about strategies that we all can use, that we all can employ, that can help us become uh, more resilient.
0: Okay, so first define resilience.
1: All right, so resilience is the capability, the, the skills, the strategies that we all have that allow us to not only come through the stressful things that we're dealing with in our life, and right now, COVID as an example, not only to make our way through it, but to make our way through it in a way that leaves us less scarred, less damaged, and potentially even better than we were before.
0: Okay. So do you have to be a smarty pants to be resilient?
1: No. You, you have to don't be smart. Nope, you don't. And that's the thing. Well, we all have the capability. So many of us think that there are people who are like the chosen few who get to be resilient. We hear stories of it every single day. Uh, We read about it. And we think that's reserved for other people. Other people are resilient, but I'm not. The fact is, is that we're all designed to be adaptable, to be resilient, to persevere, It's what we do and how we do it that helps us reveal that. So, for example, one of the things that we can think about in terms of tapping into this is living in the moment. We as a society, especially as Americans, have for pretty much our entire lives, in in my life history anyway, have lived on what I call autopilot, what a lot of people call autopilot, where we just go from day to day, task to task, event to event, work to work, without necessarily being aware of what is happening in the life around us. I mean, it's kind of how we've been designed and conditioned in our society is get to the next, whatever that is. What's next for us? The next job, the next the next task, our education. So we're very very fast paced. What COVID has done is put the brakes on our lives and it has thrust us into present moment at like no other time in our life. And for many people, that's super uncomfortable. People don't like to necessarily have to sit with the reality of life in this moment. We are very, very good at living in the past and we love to try to predict what the future holds for us, but we have a hard time sitting where we are in the here and the now. Now, for many people, that doesn't feel good, and they could actually see that as a negative. Like, I need to be moving. I need to get going. What What's next for us? But we don't really have that opportunity now because our lives literally are changing minute by minute. But what living in the moment is doing is it's offering us an opportunity, and that opportunity gives us the potential to be aware of our life as it is now. And it helps us become aware of the gifts that we're surrounded by, whether that's the people who are in our lives, whether it's the jobs that we have. Um, Maybe people are losing their jobs and they have to look for different things, a sunrise, a sunset, a smile, whatever the case may be. Living in the present allows us to be mindful in a way that we can look for and appreciate the things that actually are remaining in our life.
0: Okay, so how do you get that Ben and Jerry's out of somebody's hands? Uh, What's happening (laughs) is, you know, they want to be mindful. All of this makes sense. And at the same time, you know, their their nails are bitten to the quick and they want to anesthetize themselves from all of this. How can someone take small steps to become more resilient?
1: Well, I think for it's in, in respect to what I was just saying, the concept of appreciation, it, it takes work. It, the, actually the path of least resistance for all of us is to be on our couch, knee deep in Ben and Jerry's and nothing but Netflix all day. Um, but we know that if we want something different for our lives, we have to be intentional. We have to take action And that comes with a choice, and we all have the choice. Every single person every day can choose to stay in bed or to get out of bed. And while I wish that there was something perfect that I could say that would magically make a person feel or think in a different way, it comes down to that individual. And making the choice to see your life in a different way is difficult, but the benefits that come from that have an amazing ripple effect. I also think going back to living in the present, much of the anxiety that we experience in our lives comes from living in the past, staying in the past, what has happened that we have no control over because we know that we don't live backwards, that we can't change what has already happened. But also a lot of our anxiety comes from trying to predict the future. And that's where the uncertainty comes from, because we don't know what tomorrow is holding for us. So Uh I I get that it's not, uh, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to have a completely different way of life. So what are the steps that we can do? And maybe it's just one thing a day that we give ourselves the time and space to process and to appreciate.
0: Well, Um, give us an example. How does that work?
1: Okay. So I, I think of maybe a family who has fallen on financial hardship where parents are out of work and they're struggling financially. Maybe they're having trouble paying their bills. Maybe they're having trouble putting food on the table, but they're healthy. And so it's not dis- disregarding or devaluing the struggles that you're going through. That's not what I'm talking about. Because we need to acknowledge that our emotions and that our struggles are real. But what it is, is it's giving us the opportunity to say, yes, this I'm in the midst of this, and this is not fun, and this is actually traumatic for a lot of people, but look what I do have. I have my health, my family is still here. We are staying healthy. And then an understanding that this too shall pass. I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know what that looks like. None of us do, but we know that this is not our forever. And giving ourselves those tiny little moments in the day actually can help us build and grow the positivity that we can cultivate. So maybe it's just one moment in one day where you're having a hard day. I think of as a woman who is still working, and I'm super thankful that as an educator, I still get to connect with my students every single day, but to come home from a long day and still have dinner and still have cleaning and other things that are still on my plate, but to have a family who appreciates me, changes how I feel about the stress in my life. Maybe it's a hug. Maybe it's a smile. I don't know. It's different for everybody. But when we give ourselves the opportunity to acknowledge and notice, and that's the big thing, notice those little things in our lives every single day, they grow. And positivity grows just like negativity does. And as it grows in it, and we foster it and we cultivate it, it actually provides us think of it as like a resource. It's a resource for us to cope and to manage and deal with the stressors in our lives.
0: Aha. Okay. So I think a lot of times a woman beats herself up for not being resilient enough. I was talking to one of my, um, uh, patients and she was saying, you know, gosh, here I am. Uh, I'm trying to do the best I can, but I, I'm just not living up to my own goals, expectations. Uh, I feel like um, I'm just not resilient enough to manage. I hear that a lot. I'm not resilient enough. What would you tell someone like that?
1: Well, the first thing that I would have that woman do is acknowledge what she has done we all too often, and particularly as women, we focus on what we don't have, what we didn't do, um, as opposed to what we do have. And when we focus on what's missing as opposed to like what remains, what that does is that clouds our vision. So all we can see is the negative aspects. So we tend to focus on what's wrong with us as opposed to what's right with us. And then the next thing I would say to that woman is whose expectations and whose standards are you holding yourself to? And for women, we know that there are lots of standards that society has put on us in terms of what it means to be a woman, what it means to be successful, and most importantly, and I think most dangerously, what it means to be beautiful. And when we set these expectations, um, for ourselves, whether there are expectations or society's expectations, it's almost impossible to meet. That's kind of how they're designed to be uh, unreachable. So we stay like this hamster in the wheel of trying to get wherever it is that we're going. Um, I also think that all too often, and men and women alike do this, is we set our goals so far out and see, so high that the journey seems never ending. And what we need to do is we need to pull that back in. And in terms of taking it back to the concept of resilience is giving yourself a little time and space to look at what you have done. Because when we're on autopilot, it's hard for us to reflect upon the things that we have done. So I talk to women, particularly students, um, female students all the time who have made it through some pretty adverse situations in their life um, or even traumatic things in their life. And when you start to to process what they've come through and where they've come, all of a sudden it's like sometimes a light bulb goes off and you're like, they say, I never thought about it like that. I had never really paid attention to what I've done and where I've come because we get so focused on way out in the future of where we're trying to go.
0: Gotcha. So um, what you're arguing for is less, um, I guess what you're saying is stop beating yourself up so much. Um, yeah. and, Give and yourself it's yourself almo- credit. Yeah, and, and you're not giving yourself enough credit and that's easy but you're also uh shooting on yourself i should have done this i should have done that um shoulda coulda woulda and uh then you fall down this you know rabbit hole of i can't get anything right here and uh, you know Right now, it's it's hard. I'm trying to rein in my anxieties. As so many of my her podcast listeners tell me, you know, because i just going outside. You have to slap on a mask, and you know, make sure you've got all that uh, um, that hand sanitizer going. Some gloves. Um, are you worried about the guy next to you? Is he too close? What's happening? I mean, suddenly, truly, uh, we are living history. The world has never seen anything like this and now we have a layer of concern and worry how do you address that
1: well again to go back to um, something that I said earlier it's the first thing is to acknowledge it and it's it's valid that we're concerned and it's valid that we are worried and to disregard that actually is more more dangerous in, in many ways than living, living in it. But the fact is, is that we have the capacity, I'll say again, to choose what we do with that. So if, if a woman or any person is thinking that they're sitting in their anxiety alone, Um, is it's dangerous to think that you're the only person who's experiencing that. So acknowledging that what you feel is valid, knowing that other people are feeling the same way, and then reclaiming your power to know that what you do with that emotion, with those feelings is going to directly impact the outcomes of these stressors that are in your life. And, when we are going outside and we are putting our mask on and getting garbed up and spending $20 for an ounce of of hand sanitizer what we're doing is we are controlling what we can control so if i'm if i'm going out and i'm going to the grocery store and i'm working through all of these thoughts and all of these emotions that i'm i'm dealing with what i can do to help control them is to do only what it is that is in my control. I can't control the person that doesn't have a mask on. There's nothing that I can do about that. I can make a choice to walk in the other direction. I can make a choice to make sure that I, I distance myself. I can make a choice to make sure that when I get back from the grocery store, I sanitize my bags and I sanitize my packages. Those are all things that I can control. And by focusing on what I, I have the capacity to do, as opposed to what I don't have the capacity to do, helps alleviate some of the negativity that comes with the anxiety that we're experiencing. Another thing that we can do is we can challenge ourselves to think about the thoughts that we are having. And one of the most powerful things that we can do when we're in the midst of our anxious thoughts running is to ask ourselves, if this is real, is this is this legitimate? Are my thoughts realistic? And sometimes what ends up happening is, is that when we do that, we notice that our thoughts are projecting. They project down the road. They project you know, tomorrow or the next day or next week. And when that happens, sometimes they get clouded in either misinformation or just untruths. So we create scenarios for ourselves when we get super anxious that aren't real. So we can ask ourselves, is this what I what I'm thinking right now, is there legitimate is like is it a legitimate thought? Is this potentially something that I'm gonna have to deal with? Today, and what most people find is that because their thoughts get so far away from them, that it's not real, especially in the moment.
0: I, I I love this. It makes all the sense in the world as you're talking us through this. So so tell us then. You talk about in your work. Um, well, first of all, I, I just want to reiterate that uh, you have said that it's not about stopping stress, but rather mastering it. And I think that that's really important for everyone out there to hear, that it's incredibly unrealistic to think that, you know, stress is going to just disappear overnight. Um, I also want to re, you know, make sure everyone remembers, you know, I've, I'm a stress physiologist, spent most of my years at the National Institutes of Health in my lab looking at this, that, you know, stress in and of itself... Um, is a piece of our lives, that it keeps us on our toes, that it's really important for us to h- continue to hone and refine our own stress management skills um, with with all of the challenges that come along. Our job in life is not to run the opposite direction every time a challenge shows up. Uh, and it's also important for us to be able to you know, live a life where we can... Uh, really reduce and minimize toxic stress, you know, the kinds of stress that really do um, harm us in a big way. You talk about the concept of healthy selfishness. Define that. What's that about? Healthy
1: selfishness comes down to self-care. And if you think about what happens when we get stressed, the first things to go are the things that we need to nourish ourselves physically, mentally, spiritually. So the, the, the more stress and stress builds up, the less active we become, the less social we become because we start to isolate. Um, we stop necessarily eating right. Keep going back to your Ben and Jerry's. We don't necessarily make the healthiest choices for ourselves. We give up our time, we give up our sleep And healthy selfishness is pulling back into nourishing our body, whatever that looks like. And it's different for everybody, whether it's exercise, whether it's social connection, maybe it's church or some other kind of spiritual experience that allows us to function Better, We think that in the midst of the most stressful situations that the things we give up are actually allowing us to have more time or allowing us to help other people. But what happens is it's like diminishing returns. The less and less we give to ourselves, the less we have to offer everybody else that is in our lives. So by practicing um, you know selfishness, healthy selfishness, we nourish our body. Which in turn makes us more productive, not only for ourselves but for the people that we care about the most.
0: I love it, and <clears throat> one of the things I love to say, um, as my my patients know, is that um, self is not a four letter word. You know, it's a very important, integral, and critical element in in your very survival. So if you want to be strong, if you want to boost that immune function, especially, you know, today with COVID-19, you know, as a global pandemic, um, threatening, you know, us uh, and our health, it's important then to take good care of yourself. You you impair immune function when you eat junk. Uh, You impair immune function when you're not getting enough high-quality sleep. When you're not checking in with yourself through meditation, journaling, um, when you're not making connections with other people in a healthy way, um, and and certainly when you're not getting enough physical activity, all of these are critical elements in this self thing, and that's why you know when you're talking about the concept of healthy selfishness, um, I absolutely you know uh, applaud that. Because, uh, as a physician, um, the first thing I see is that you know women especially let it all fall down. One, they're deferring caregiving to everybody else except themselves. Uh, do remember, we keep doing that. We will caregive anyone who comes within a hundred feet of us, even <laughs> if we don't know that person. We just want to caregive. That's what we do, um, and we just keep falling off our own radar. Uh, and so it's incredibly important to just wipe out this issue that we're just a bunch of selfish people. If we took time to take a nice long bath, that, that, that at that moment, that would have been better than diving into a gallon of Ben and Jerry's. Um, it's just, you know, kind of reframing the narrative So that it's okay. Does that make sense?
1: It it makes perfect sense. And two things. One, it becomes a vicious cycle. So talking about the concept of the immune system, when we are not practicing self-care, it cultivates more stress in our life that ends up creating more stress in our lives. And all of the healthy things that you just talked about with helping keep a robust immune system, we know that if we do not manage and cope with our stress in an effective way, that that too depletes our immune system. So all of this becomes a very, very vicious cycle as it relates like physiologically to your immune system. And the second thing is is that when when we are giving ourselves the time to, like you said, take a bath in, in the concept of reframing, I think it's important that we give ourselves the permission to create our own narrative. We all too often, especially as women, allow other people to create our narrative or write our story because we have some very deep rooted beliefs about what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a mom. And that's where so much of the giving up of taking care of myself comes in because we literally have over the course of much of our history been conditioned to believe that that's what moms
0: do. Well, I that's I love the do. fact that you're redefining that narrative and and having women, you know, really wrap their heads around, you know, those roles and honoring each one. Everyone out there in the Her podcast land, I just want you to know we're talking to Dr. Jennifer Wegman and she has a wonderful audio series called Resilience. How to master stress reduce anxiety, and live well. She is a lecturer in health and wellness studies at Binghamton Binghamton University, and that's the Decker School of Nursing. And I just want to say thank you so much for sharing these words of wisdom all about how we can now build resilience during the COVID-19 pandemic and also beyond Thank you so much, Jennifer, for being on the Herb podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be with you and to talk to you. And thank you so much for what you're doing. It is important. And the message and the information that you are giving out every single day is super important, but also relevant and useful in all of our lives.
0: Oh, thank you so much. You made me feel so good. So now everyone out there, please run on over to iTunes, rate and review the show, because I would love to hear your thoughts about this. How resilient are you? Why am I interested? Well, because I'm Dr. Pam Peek, host of the Herb Podcast. Please follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter, Pam Peake MD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on iTunes or Radio MD. Thanks for listening today. Please stay safe and stay well.